You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, and thanks for sticking with us here on Real Presence Live, heard throughout the Real Presence Radio Network. Father James Gross, joined by Father Jason Leffer, priests of the Diocese of Fargo, as uh, we are right on the doorstep of uh, this beautiful season of Christmas that's about to begin on uh, Sunday evening with the uh, vigil masses for Christmas. And uh, as we uh, are launching into our final interview, we have a couple of guests with us here in the studio, so we're really excited about that. Yeah, so... Um this is Father Leffer, and as, as we're beginning the segment here, just want to introduce to all of our listeners, um, Brian and Julie Thompson, who have joined us here. With a, We're going to explore a very powerful story from uh, their lives. And so why don't we start, uh, Brian, uh, why don't you take a moment, introduce yourself to our listeners, and then Julie will have you do so as well. Okay. Yeah, my name is Brian. I come into Julie's life uh, this spring after Barb was born, uh, spring of 76, and I knew about the child, and uh, I always thought it was a wonderful story, and I hope they m- met one day, and they did. Um, yeah. So, so, so Brian, where, where are you from? I'm from Park River. I've lived there all my Kay. life. Yep. And, and, and what do you do for a living there? I know you're more retired, but I think you're busier now than ever. So. Yeah, I started out at the airport, worked there for 18 years, and moved on. I'm, I'm half retired, but I'm working on a farm. I enjoy what I'm doing very much, so I'm semi-retired. There we go. You're, you're not in a semi, you're just semi-retired. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> I'm even in a semi. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Julie, if you can introduce yourself to our okay. listeners as My well. My name please. is Julie Thompson. Um, I was born and raised in Park River, still live there now with my husband of um, many years. <laughs> um, yeah, The only time I was away from home was the little bit of time that I spent in Fargo before my daughter was born. Okay, and so and you can kind of hear from the the little bits that have come through in their introductions here. So this is a the, we're about to experience a story of of true love, sacrificial love, and uh, a very pro life story. And um, I came upon this uh, story in a couple different ways. Actually, came at me from a few different ways. One is um, we have um, the Pregnancy Help Center in Park River, North Dakota, which is tremendous, tremendous job and tremendous work up there, assisting. Um, people with difficult pregnancies and and situations of need and so forth and um and we have colleen sampson up there who who operates that and and they put out a newsletter um on a regular basis here and the the latest newsletter from the pregnancy help center has this powerful story uh of julie's story actually of uh, so forth so did Colleen approach you at some point, Julie. Can tell us how did your story get into the newsletter <laughs> first? How did that come about, and well, then we'll go in more into it. Colleen um, had didn't have a story for the October newsletter, and we were both at daily mass one day, and she had been praying. She said for, for God to give her a story, and I was a couple of pews over, and she looked, and her God told her, <laughs> "There's your story." So after mass, she got my cell phone number. She said, "I want to ask you a question." So she asked if I would be willing to share my story um, of giving up my child for adoption. And so I said, yes, I'd be willing. And I also told her, well, um, I'm sure my daughter, Barb, who I gave up for adoption, would also be willing to share her side of the story. Now, have you done this before? Was this an easy thing for you to do, to have your story written up and stuff? Or or was that, is this kind of stepping outside your comfort zones for you Uh, to do this? A little outside my comfort zone. She had asked, approached me once, 
a while ago, a few years, and I w wasn't ready at that point, but I figured this time, and like she said, it was Respect Life Month, so I thought this was a perfect time to do it. So how, how does it make you feel to think, I'm at Mass, minding my own business, <laughs> I'm praying to God and worshiping God, and, and here, God is having a conversation about me with another <laughs> woman at church and saying, go tap me on the shoulder. Mm -hmm. have, have you thought about that aspect of it, that God himself is the one saying, Julia, I'd like you to share this. Yes, yeah, I guess that did. I mean, it finally, you know, hit me that maybe it was time to share. And it is funny how many other people have come up to me and they have kind of similar stories or, or know somebody with a similar story or from years ago who had given up children for adoption. It's nice to know that God is covering you. That yep. he, <laughs> like he, no, right, that he's behind yes. you. He's saying, you know, my Julie, my beloved daughter, I, I would like you to share this. So how, can, you, can you take us maybe to the... It must be back in what 1970s. So, yep, yep, 75. So take us back and say, well, what was going on in your life, or what happened? Circumstances that you find yourself yeah. in the situation. I was 16 years old and pregnant. It was the summer before my junior year of high school, mm -hmm. and of course, you have a fantasy. Oh, I'm going to be a mother, but I realized, of course, that no, at 16, I was not ready to be a mother. Um, so, with the help of Catholic Family Services back then, now Catholic Charities. Um, they found a family for me to live with in Fargo while, or while I was pregnant before I gave birth. So I did. I had a wonderful family that, that I lived with. I also had a sister who lived in Fargo at the time while her husband was going to college. Um, so at least I had her there with me that I could spend time with. But, yeah, it was, what was, it was hard. Yeah. <laughs> is, what can you share with us about that? Because like, you obviously you're away from your own home, your own family, school. And maybe, you know, I'm thinking of maybe... Um, young women who might be in that similar situation right now, somebody who might be listening today, what, what kind of words would you have to share with them about that part of it? Well, it, it was difficult. I mean, I was homesick some, but it helped that I had my sister close by. And the, like I said, the family I lived with was wonderful. Um, I did take classes by correspondence. So I um, was able to keep up on all my classes, which still mm -hmm. did really well. And after the baby was born, I did go back I, she was born. Actually, her birthday is tomorrow. So happy oh birthday, wow. Barb! Yep. Well, is <laughs> Barb yeah. listening? But is well, she listening? I hope, I hope so. Okay. Well, so. I hope yes. so too. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful her time. Is tomorrow. <laughs> so this is the perfect time. Um, it was March then when I did go back. So home. she was a Christmas baby. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So <laughs> you, I heard gift. you talking earlier this morning about people that born days close to Christmas, <laughs> and we were listening, and I said, "Yep, she." Maybe is next month. Next month we'll have to call Barb and find out what it's like to have a birthday yeah. at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd like to see her on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, how about so? What, what makes me think? Okay, as you're describing that scenario, what comes to my mind is the the Gianna Maternity Home in Warsaw now. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't know, but just kind of putting yourself back there, if that had existed then, do you think you, would you have taken part of that or, or would that be too close to home to, was it necessary to go to Fargo to well, have a Well, of course, back in, in, in the 70s, it wasn't the same it I as it is nowadays where there's yeah. a lot of open adoptions and things like that where it wasn't like that then. I, I believe there was a home um, okay. in Fargo at the time Ten. maybe, but I guess it was really it was comfortable to be okay. to live with a family. Okay, you know, as they approach you, w so uh, was this an open adoption or was this no, a closed? Can no, you tell no. our listeners what's the difference between an open and a closed adoption? So that well, the, our I listeners think with understand. the open adoptions, people know the family who has adopted their child. Where back then everything was closed. 
What, at what point did open adoptions become a thing? How, how you know, is that more recent? Yeah, or, okay. I guess that I have no idea. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so this is a closed adoption. Did, yep. did you have any say at all in who the family was who's going to adopt, or you have no knowledge of who's adopting your no, baby? No, the only thing I requested, of course, that it would be a Catholic family. Okay, so you did request and that. It, yep, okay. and it was. Yep. And so you're really making an act of sacrifice you're really offering with yeah, it was it was a tough thing to do um i did actually hold my child or hold her in the hospital um yeah and i bought her a little dress because then it was about a week later of course i had to go and sign the papers i, I think they give you that little bit of time in case you change your mind that you do not want to give up and the has child. she been in the hospital or was she with her family uh, at that no point? i you know i i think catholic family services must do must have done something because she was not in the hospital okay. that whole yeah, time yeah because i'd say i i'd imagine until you sign that they wouldn't necessarily want to turn right. over to the yep. family because yep. that would right be so just as a reminder the time frame here is uh, december of 75 her yes. birth yep. okay and then uh we have um and then we have this handsome gentleman uh coming <laughs> into <laughs> the picture some months some months later correct right Tell us a little bit about that. Well, it was the spring of 76, and I'm a pilot, and I'd come back from flight school. And uh, I asked my brother, I'm looking for a steady girlfriend. And he gave me a Julie and a Susie, and I ran into Julie first. And I love her, and so I love what, what, her more. How did, how, did, how did she sweep you off your feet? What, was, what, what, what did you see here, Brian? <laughs> a pretty girl, <laughs> you know. And it's just been a golden everything. I just, it's been a wonderful marriage. Yep. So, so obviously, the, how how long until you're married after? Three and a half years. Three, okay, so you courtship and you mm -hmm. get married, and yep. and then y you've had children of your own, haven't you? Right. Yes, we have four children, okay. three sons and a daughter. And so, would would raised in the Catholic faith? Is that yes? Okay. Mm -hmm. So raised. Ra so, w would you recommend uh, the vocation of marriage to people, Brian? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I definitely would. Yeah. It's been good and, for and me. And he did time. not say that under duress, <laughs> uh, folks, just as you're, you know, <laughs> just uh, to clarify. It's great. Yeah. So, Julie, Beautiful. is there anything you, you can share with our listeners just about um, the first experience of being pregnant, giving up your daughter for adoption, and now being married and having children of your own? We're, again, I'm, I'm thinking more like if there's anybody listening who's in that situation, like, I don't know, thoughts or fears or maybe even things where you think, well, I'm, I'm a bad mom or something like this kind of stuff. Was there uh, any spiritual battle going on with that whole no, kind of process? No, I don't think, I mean, I always knew that what the, the deci decision that I made was the best decision for both of us. I mean, she got to have two loving parents and I was able to finish schooling and, and you know, everything else. Because as you're sharing the story, like what's in my back mind being contrasted with your story this morning is just this week there's these big headlines about a famous NBA basketball player who got his girlfriend pregnant and became a very public thing where he 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 paid her a hundred thousand dollars to take some pills to you know abort the child. So, and I I don't know that she did or not. If the baby is still alive or not, I don't know what happened. But this was like kind of a big thing where, um, and so when you sit here and you say, well, here's these big headlines, you know, and and and, and somebody made the comment about, well, why is everybody concerned about this? I thought it was just women's health care, you know, thinking about abortion kind of a thing. Um, but you obviously did not go that route or choose that. Um, it, and w w was that ever a temptation in no. your life? Or no, abortion never even entered my mind. And and no. you just had a conviction. Nobody had to convince you of that. You just you just knew. Right. Right. And and what was interesting, like even in this article, the the woman was sharing. She was texting back to her boyfriend about 
look at the picture of these beautiful babies. Wouldn't it be good to have this baby? Wouldn't it, you know? So uh, I, why, why I'm bringing that out is like that maternal instinct to know, to, to give life, give the gift of life. Right. Yeah, yeah. just absolutely. So w- was there just in your lives before, because it's not, it's a quite a long time before you, you mm-hmm. connect with Barb. So how many years had you been married before you actually made contact with Barb? It was 2014, so... 35. 35. And and so your children are growing at that? Mm -hmm. How many children did the two of you have? We have four. Four. Three boys and a girl. And and were they all growing out of of the home? Yes. Okay. And so you're you're moving out, like you're going through their marriages and you probably had grandchildren already and so forth? Mm -hmm. Yes, we did. Yeah. Yeah. Now, so in all those years, were you, was there a part of you that wanted to find Barb or not? Or what did you feel? Could you share with us what your thoughts or feelings about that? I always thought about her. Um, and actually, for a long time, I carried Catholic Family Services phone number, thinking I was going to call and just say, I, I, you know, I was always scared. Of course, to I figured if she has a good life, I don't want to disrupt that. Um, but I figured I would call them and just let them know that I would be willing if she ever did start a search that I would definitely be willing. For you know, contact. this is going to be a great uh, cliffhanger here because we're going to need to step aside for a brief break, but when we come back, we're going to r- complete the story in terms of hearing about this uh, this reunion and the fruits that the Holy Spirit has been bringing out from this. So as uh, we have the Thompsons here with us, and we'll continue the conversation after the break, you're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. As you think about your future, there is one more thing you can do to add certainty to your life. Write or update your will and estate plan. If you pass away without a plan, all you have worked for in life, financially and emotionally, will be decided and divided by someone you may have never met before. We have some tools to help you in your planning. For more information, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call Mike at 701-290-4503. Good day to every one of you who are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm. I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, and I'm assigned at St. Joseph's Catholic Church. And one of the things that I have found in my assignment is that I wanted to become more friendly, to get to know St. Joseph more. And one of the things in just in Joseph's name, J-O-S-E-P-H, if you take that name, Joseph is just. O, that he's obedient. S, that he was silent. E, that he's an example. P, that he was a parent, the parent, the foster parent of Jesus. And H, husband of Mary. What a wonderful thing to imitate this good, holy man that the Father in heaven chose for his foster father here on earth. And so, have a devotion to St. Joseph. Come to know him. Come to know his intercession as he brings us and leads us always ever more closely in a relationship with the Holy Family. Did you know you can listen to Real Presence Live anytime on any podcast platform? Just search for Real Presence Radio on platforms such as Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and on the Real Presence Radio website. Then subscribe so you don't miss any future shows. If you like what you hear, give us a good rating so other people can find us as well. Real Presence Radio, your family of faith and hope.
You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the final segment of Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father Jason Leffer joining me, Father James Gross from our Grand Fork Studios. We're in the middle of a delightful conversation and a great story with uh, Julie and Brian Thompson from the nearby town of Park River, North Dakota, as they're talking about the, uh, the, the child, the daughter, who back in 1975 was given up for adoption. And we were just starting to hear about the... Um, deliberation that you had about, gosh, I'd like to try to, you know, reach out, but, you know, finding the, uh, finding the courage, finding the, the gumption to do so. So pick up with that uh, where you left off, if you could, please. Okay, well, then in October of 2014, I did receive a letter from Catholic Family Services um, telling me to contact them regarding an event that took place in 1975, which, of course, I knew exactly right away what <laughs> what that date was. Um, so I did take time off from work the next day to make the call um, and let them know that yes I would be open to contact with Barb so they did uh, let her know and we began emailing back and forth for about six months then in March of 15 we were all able to meet in Bismarck where she grew up and where her family was so um, we were able to meet her adoptive parents who have wel- welcomed us with open arms made us feel like part of their family her aunts and uncles also have all welcomed us and it's just been wonderful so uh, just out of curiosity it just struck me i think i've ever thought of this before but did you name barb or did her daughter no family name no her? she was actually named well i did name her in the hospital but she okay. her parents named her after her um, her grandmother was okay. Barbara too, okay, and when we were in Bismarck that weekend, we also were, I was able to meet her grandmother. She said I would that she okay, really wanted to. And, and obviously, yes. you know, Barb is not here to represent herself, but you've right. communicated. Can can you let our listeners know a little bit what was going on in Barb's life at this time, or why did she reach out, or how did that come to be, as you understand it? Well, I think she too sh- sounded like she had paperwork for a lot of time, but it, there was a cost to it and everything, and she. It took her a while, I think, to get up the courage to actually send the paperwork in to begin the search. Um, so that was difficult, I think, for her too. But I think a lot of it was knowing too medical history, going to doctors, and they always wanted to know if there was anything in your medical history. Right. So that was a big thing too, I think, for her to want to know if, if uh, there, there was there's any. A, there's a little. There's things. a story of a dress. Can you tell us about that? <laughs> yes. When uh, when after I had her before. I signed the paperwork I had bought a little dress for her that I wanted to go with her and she did say that she still has that dress although she wished that when she told me she still had it she said she wished I would have put a note with it and of course <laughs> back then I never thought of writing any kind of a note with the dress but yeah yeah so mm-hmm. yeah so so what uh, so what what uh, how how about your um, your own children and relation with Barb? How's that gone for reunion and and things and meeting one another? It's been good. Um, the only th- there's a distance. She lives about eight hours away, so oh, it is okay. hard it, to get together too often. But we try to keep in touch, texting and phone calls and whatever. And even yeah, with my other children, they email back and forth or text back and forth some too. And then so and then here's here's again this is how my mind works. I'm d- but I'm. I'm thinking about like somebody who's listening now, if they're in that situation, looking forward to a good outcome kind of thing. How about now, as Barb gets in touch with you and you get reestablished there, well, obviously her biological father 
is somewhere too. Did did she reach out to him, or how, did she connect it with her biological father as well? Or yes, she did. Uh, not too long, or she said it was a couple of days. I think after she received, or, you know, my okay to for contact, they let her know that they also had found her biological father. And, and, and in Arizona. then, from on your side, how does that affect then, like your reunion with Barb, if he's there and stuff too? I mean, I I don't. I'll no, well, yeah, he wasn't there at the okay. time. No, but, um, but does that if did that affect? Would that be something that might cause you to worry about getting in touch with a child that you've given up for adoption or something no, like that? No, not at Just all. Like, yeah, moving forward. So and then so Brian, how how's this affected you? You you received a new daughter in this <laughs> process too. Well, our family just got bigger. You know, uh, she's part of our family. Uh, graduating pictures, she's on the wall now and. And Julie's life's complete. Our life is. Uh, I wish they were closer. You know, at, uh, she's got two girls and a boy. And okay. Call me grandpa. You know, and we're just her her adoptive parents couldn't be better loving. We went to their fiftieth wedding anniversary, to their grandmother her grandma's funeral, and it's we're, we're family. Were there some weddings involved here too? Where you guys are taking part and. Yeah, I had a niece that got married in Bismarck, so Barb and her family were able to make it to the wedding. Yeah, yeah. And then her daughter got married last fall in Spearfish, so we were all able to see exactly her there. since she's uh, yeah is is about to turn forty eight. Uh, if my ma if my yeah, math right. is is correct here, Tomorrow. yes, yeah. Yes. So there's a whole there, there's a whole family in her. What, what's a uh, is she working outside the home? What does she do for a living? She works for like the FSA. Farm Service Agency oh, okay. type of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, when I sent her her gift this year, I said it was always, you know, I always thought about her on her birthday, but it's nice now to be able to actually wish her a happy birthday. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Did you, did you include a note? There's been no shortage of notes, I'm sure. Her birthday isn't, but do you want to let all the listeners know what you got her for her birthday this year? No, just teasing. Spoiler alert here. Barb, if you're listening, tune out right now. We're going to find out what you got for your birthday. Chippers. Ah, yes, indeed. So has Barb gone to be married and have family and children as well? How many children does she have? She has three. Like I said, okay. her daughter just got married last fall. Um, Brooklyn is in college in Nebraska, and then Brody is in high school. Yeah, and she married a Brian. Uh, she married a Brian. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't get away from it. Right? No. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So I just in in a couple of minutes that we have left here, um, your testimony and your witness is powerful, and I can't help but think that there are families who may find themselves in uh, similar situations. So, what uh, do you think uh, the Lord is putting on your heart to to tell to, uh, to you know whether it be uh, girls that were about the age. Uh, that you were when you were pregnant with your daughter Barb, you know, um, uh, what uh, what 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 encouragement uh, would would you want to give to them? Well, it is difficult to make the decision to give up a child for adoption, but if you're young, I just think maturity is better as far as being a mother um, and having two parents instead of being like I said, I was would have been a single parent, um, and even for people to to search, I know it uh, takes a lot of courage to do that, but I would encourage people too to to um, search for their biological parents too. Which Barb's brother was adopted also, and after she found her pair or biological parents, she did encourage him to do so also, which he did. Do you, do you think Do you think that God or the Holy Spirit had anything to do with you 
because you wanted to give room for her, but she eventually reached out. Do you, do you think that the Holy Spirit had something to do with reuniting Oh, I think you? so. I think also my mother, who had passed away in 2011 mm. uh, and never was able to meet Barb, but I think she had something to do with <laughs> this also. <laughs> God's timing is not necessarily the same as our own, but you right. can see how... Uh, how he's making things work. Well, Julie and Brian, thanks again so much for uh, taking this time, and definitely we want to thank uh, the adoptive parents of your uh, of your firstborn and um, uh, the wonderful home that they were willing to give uh, to her uh, during her time growing up. And blessings to you and your extended family as you celebrate Christmas. Thank you. Also to you. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Well, we are going to be um, uh, hearing about the next uh, program that will be coming up, and so let's toss things down to uh, Aaron and Command Central. On the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, your host will be RPR Director Lynn Devitt, coming to you live from our Fargo studio. Her guests will include Steve Ray, who will be discussing how saints and martyrs built the church. And in a special segment, we will also be discussing our favorite Christmas movies. All this and more is coming to you on the next Real Presence Live, Tuesday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you, fathers. Thank you very much, Aaron. You know, as we get to the end of the year, a lot of people like to do a review of things that happened during the course of the year. And one thing that I was thinking about that I wanted to just visit briefly about uh, with you folks here is uh, the movies of the past year, a number of them that I saw. One thing I want to talk about, maybe not necessarily a favorite, but one of the most important movies and a phenomenon was the movie Sound of Freedom in the summer. Uh, Speaking about this uh, gentleman, Tim Ballard, who... um, is uh, working to uh, deliver children from sex trafficking rings. And, you know, the the hubbub that came about in terms of people speaking out against, you know, that movie, and and it just was so bewildering, you know, why are people having a problem with this? But it was a real testament, I think, you know, to people stepping up and saying, we're going to see this movie. We're not just going to settle for the, the fluff and the cheese that's out there. One of the big themes in the summer were these two uh, movies that came out at the same time, Barbie and Oppenheimer. I did not see Oppenheimer. I know that there are several scenes of graphic extramarital sexual activity, and so I just, you know, that's not something that I wanted to be a part of. Um, it would be an interesting story because of the three-hour biopic, you know, about him and stuff like that. I did go and see Barbie um, just to see what everybody was talking about, and it definitely had some uh, effective moments in talking about artificiality and what what's real and what's important and uh, some of the travails of of women and and things like that so you know, just to you know kind of take that up um guardians of the galaxy volume 3 was uh, a a pleasant surprise for me um you know there are a lot of these marvel dc you know comic universe superhero movies that come out um also kind of a sleeper hit for me was blue beetle a movie that was out from the dc uh, universe about a hispanic family and kind of an origin story one One of my biggest recommendations would be the movie Big George Foreman. It was a biopic about that boxer, and uh, it it was really outstanding, and I think it's appealing to a wide base of uh, of viewers. So those are just some thoughts that I had about uh, the cinema in the past year. So on behalf of Father Jason Leffer, Father James Gross, wishing you and your family a Merry Christmas, happy remaining days of Advent, all the best to you, Until next time, God bless you all. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.